0: What is up, everybody? I'm Daniel. And
1: I'm Chris Rabb.
0: And today we're wasting our talent with...
2: Bastard Wolf.
1: What's going on, man? What's happening?
2: Oh, man, not shit for real. Just kind of... Man, just creating for real. You know, I, um, I took a little bit of a hiatus out. I've been doing music since about 2013, 2014. Uh, but there was a little bit of some mental traumas going on, so I had to give it a little bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. About... Um, 2015 oh let me let me back up let me back up all right (laughs) okay so 2013 2014 I actually went by Herodotus Green um, which you know Herodotus being the father of history Green typical rapper stereotype money give me money so father of history seeking money you know and um, I ended up switching it up because I had a little bit of those mental traumas as I said Um, a lot of stuff just kind of collided very violently and Baster Wolf just kind of came to me in my sleep, you know. Mm. It's kind of like an epiphany, yeah. um, Almost like a like a self motivated character, you know, in the way that it kind of is. It a play
1: like on Beowulf, because like when I first saw when I first saw the name, I was like, man, this is some (laughs) epic shit with the spin, yeah. Like, and I kind of thought like Beowulf, but that was going to be one of my first questions was what was the deal with the name. But I'm glad I'm getting into it.
2: Hell yeah! So Baster Wolf actually. Um, it's almost like a split personality. Because if you met Bastard Wolf at like one, two, three or something, whole different element to just meeting Chandler on the street. And it's not like a facade or anything. It's just kind of something I slip into. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a... Like the whole a whole thing's like
1: a character. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah.
2: it's... Yeah. Uh, you're, you're selling this whole character. Right. You know, like... Um, <laughs> whenever it's just me, I'm a little bit of an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really go and do much of anything as my typical self but once I get into the element for like music going through Baster Wolf you know, the inhibitions kind of slide away you know, you think I was like some fortune 500 businessman (laughs) you know, I can talk to anybody, navigate anything Mm -hmm. you know, but the second that it all wears down it's like, ooh, outside you know, Um, Baster Wolf actually it kind of manifests like a Beowulf type of character but it's a reference to Romulus and Remus Mm. Uh, The founders of Rome. Mm. Um, So they were two bastard children that were raised by a she-wolf who ultimately grew up together as twin brothers. You know, they founded the settlement. Mm -hmm. And when it came down to what do we name this settlement? It's getting big as shit. One wanted to name it after themselves. The other, naturally, wanted to name it after themselves. And um, Romulus ended up killing his brother Remus to, you know, Take the power, right? You know, name it after himself, and that's how we got Rome, right? Right.
0: It sounds better than Reem,
2: right? Rome, <laughs> right? <the Reamer. laughs> it's like oh, the Reemus Empire. It's like damn, you sound like America, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I took that and I kind of adopted it as a way to identify with myself because at the time I was into a whole bunch of dumb shit, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like all right, all right. Within my own personality, you know, one brother is killing itself. To progress forward for, you know, progression, power, Mm -hmm. you know, just self tutelage. And um, it kind of came together. It's an irony, too, because it ended up happening in real life, too. But um, yeah, so it's also, I don't know whether it's like a mantra, slogan, or whatever, but within that meaning, it's also bastardized by society, therefore a lone wolf. It's like a double meaning there. Yeah, Yeah. I like that a lot. (laughs) That's awesome, man.
0: I've noticed a lot of artists, and me being one too, is like, whenever you're out, like under your you know stage name or band or whatever, you're you're more outgoing. But me, I'm an introvert too. Like I sit at home. You know, I'm not a big go out and do things type of person either. And I've noticed that with like a lot of really good
1: artists. I think a lot of creative people in general are in order to get in the. The headspace that it takes to make something—you have to kind of get in that intro, introverted yeah. mindset, because mm-hmm. you got to shut everything off if you're going to create something out of nothing from yeah. your brain and from your heart. It's
0: true. Never yeah, thought it was that way. Yeah.
2: Big facts. you see, it's funny because granted, this might just be my personal views kind of spilling over, mm-hmm. but from what I've observed, you know, being around here for five years now in the music scene for Morgantown, Fairmont area. You know, I can easily read the new artists coming up, you know, and so it's it's one of those weird things where it's like, I have no clout. I have no, like, actual authority in this scene, but just naturally I end up meeting everybody that's an upstart or somebody that's making, you know, different waves and energy. Well, it's not so big that you're not going to interact with people who are doing
1: similar things.
2: Right. And see, that's, I feel like that's a little bit of a blessing, you know, because it's not like a L.A. or a New York scene where... You might never meet somebody until you blow up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. here, like everybody knows each other. The The pools of
1: independent music, musicians aren't that big around here, <laughs> and especially the ones who are doing original material. There's right a dime a dozen guys going out there doing cover band stuff. Right? Don't blame them, it pays. Yeah, it pays the bills. I know people that make a
0: living off yeah. cover bands.
1: <clears throat> but the indie original artists very tight-knit groups and pockets of people. It's strange that, because, you know, we interview all different kinds of people, all different kinds of genres, and they're all little pockets of close-knit communities, which I would vouch that hip-hop and rap, the the tightest
2: and most close-knit of all of the hands down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, like, for example, you know, Blockstar Entertainment, Touch Music Group, mm-hmm. Imperial Recordings, you know, Sound Vision, all of them are people that I consider to be very close with or at least cool with. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of good impressions, a lot of good energies surrounded those groups. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just, it's been really cool. Yeah. Getting to meet everybody, and to an extent getting to know everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was saying before, yeah. I'm able to read people very well. And so I can kind of see where you know, who is just bullshitting and doing music for fun or just doing it for money and who actually got some pain going on or who actually got an effort going towards it. Right. You know, so from that, you know, Bastard Wolf can kind of pick and choose mm-hmm. who, per se, I want to be around. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't really hang with a whole lot of people because there's a lot of people out here that's just doing bullshit. Right. But the people that I do mess with hardcore, they, they're they going for it. Like, they're gunning for it. Like, it's it's like... <laughs> It's like some crazy shit.
1: I think it's important <clears throat> to realize one day that you only want to surround yourself with like-minded, at least like work ethic people mm-hmm. right. that'll help pull bring you up. You know, you're, you have things going on. They have things going on. You collaborate. You make sure that everyone has something to bring to the table, and you find that you, everyone collectively grows through those experiences, and then you have the artist that becomes resentful and frustrated and, you know, eventually very negative because they see people doing things that they may not necessarily be doing. Right. So it's uh, it's important to recognize who those people are mm-hmm. when you're kind of coming up. Yeah. Because you can waste a lot of time with people who just aren't worth it. That's a sad reality. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so as far as your, your music, do you, uh, around here, do you go to somebody to... For- producing or do you do it all yourself
2: okay so I've built a little bit of a team in -hmm. regards to like production recording you know mixing and mastering artwork etc um typically I do the artwork myself in regards to production sometimes it's stuff just off of YouTube or SoundCloud most of the time though for the original stuff it'll be at least for this new coming content Mm -hmm. it'll be the sarcastic one it'll be uh hash made it um probably gonna reach out to you know patrick hall mm-hmm. reach out to my boy patrick croak um obviously jordan clan i am full-fledged member of that pretty much from birth it goes way back yeah. but um yeah and in, in the production side it's pretty much locally based i'm trying to get away from cherry picking beats on youtube yeah yeah and i want to kind of step into production a little bit Mm -hmm. once i get the time and the focus for it yeah Yeah. um in -hmm. regards to recording mixing mastering um again patrick croak um eric jordan dj most um as well as elliot metcalf Elder sarcastic one
0: Yeah, if you talk to him, tell him to answer his email. He applied to be (laughs) on here like forever ago, and he's never emailed me back. So if you're listening, (laughs) check your damn email, man.
2: (laughs) L- Elliot, you <laughs> check your email, bro. Check your email. You fucking so, up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, next yeah. time, next time, who knows? But check your email, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about so. I need more marketing. This this is what you fucking up on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Hmm. So you um you mentioned Patrick Hall. Have you worked with Patrick Hall before
2: much? I have not worked with Patrick Hall just yet. Um, it is in the plans, too. Um, I've met him and a bunch of the artists that he's worked with, hung out, you know, mostly at one, two, three. Mm-hmm. You know, really cool vibe, really cool person. Um, trying to get a little bit of work in before anybody progresses to the next steps. Yeah. You know, life be weird. Um, but at least in my plans, I intend to actually do a project with him and the rest of Imperial, mm-hmm. YTM.
0: I like Patrick Hall. He actually, he was on here with Gandhi a while back, and he's been begging me to come back on. Um, So I'm going to try to get him back in here at some point, but... but And as far as, like, the work that he's been doing with the hip-hop scene, it's crazy. Impeccable. Yeah, like, I mean, every hip-hop artist that I talk to either has done work with him, or plans to work with him, or absolutely loves him and for being a scrawny little white kid he needs he does pretty good works <laughs> right right
2: but no, he'd be cracking me up you know because yeah. he like looking at looking at patrick is like all right this kid probably into like metal or ska or some folk stuff yeah. you know just the <laughs> yeah. way he dresses and then he opens his mouth it's like nah bro nah this yeah. is a hip-hop head <laughs> yeah head to toe mm-hmm. you know and it's funny because morgantown you don't get that specific aesthetic you know, because a lot of people see me, they're like, are you from New York or L.A.? It's like, hell no. Nah. Yeah. Basically born mm-hmm. and bred in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, you get somebody from New York or L.A., you think they from like Reevesville or fucking <laughs> Sissonville <laughs> yeah. or some shit. Yep.
0: There's a lot of like hip hop artists that are from around or that that have been based here for so long that I've talked to. And I'm like, oh, you're from what Morgantown? They're like, no, I'm from Detroit or I'm from right. the south. or You know, I'm like. I, I would never have guessed that like you you look and act like you were born and raised here in right. you know in West Virginia, well, which see, is not a bad thing
2: you know it's more than it's more than an ideology, a mm. culture or any kind of like essence it's it's like an element mm-hmm. you know once you get into West Virginia, if you really pick it up and adopt it, you know it just becomes it yeah you know you fall in love with it, it falls in love with you. And it just becomes the way you move, the way you speak, the way you breathe. Yeah. You know, at the very least, everybody loves the pepperoni rolls. Oh, so, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. West Virginia is a weird, unique place, man. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. It is.
2: I consider it... And it has know, its
1: pockets that are all very kind of different, too. It's right. A, it's a diverse state, too. A lot of people you know, don't realize that.
2: I compare West Virginia, at least on the East Coast, you mm-hmm. know, because technically we're the North, we're the South, we're the East, but also West, mm-hmm. you know, so... <laughs> I consider this like the last frontier for this part of the country, you know, because even Maine is kind of tamed a little bit. West Virginia is mm-hmm. the last place where the government literally don't give a fuck what you do as long as you don't fuck up. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like don't go shoot up a school. But yeah, here goes a 50 cow with 40 rounds in it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: you can go into Walmart and buy a gun. You right. Know, a lot of places in the country. If you're listening to this, if you can't do that, come to West Virginia. It's weird. Yeah. Now, I've been, I've been to gun I mean, bashes, man. Yeah.
1: They're yeah. A strange. Yeah. They're a strange thing. Especially mm-hmm. for someone who may be very uncomfortable around a lot of a firearms, yep. a lot of firearms. Yeah, and everyone's getting hammered. <laughs>
0: yep. And shooting and, guns in their backyard.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. West yep. Virginia, where Been you can there. get your car detailed, pick up a case of beer, get a shotgun, and shoot it in the same day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> true. Yeah. How long is it going to take me to run this gun purchase? Uh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes, yeah. 30, okay. 20, I'm going to go much. get a soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just a strange place. Yep. And it's, kind of, place.
1: it's a mystical place. I think that uh, for anyone who loves the outdoors, when you you go out to some of these places in West Virginia, I've been to a lot of places in this country. And I can tell you that there are vibes in this state that you don't get anywhere. It's weird. It's like the air is a little different, it's a little Mm. thicker. You know what I mean? It's just got a vibe about it.
2: See, it's funny because growing up, growing up in at least Morgantown, you know, it's a college campus pretty much everywhere. At this point, the town is the campus, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, but growing up, you surrounded by all these party boys, party girls. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it clean about actual names that i will be calling. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> but growing up, everybody wanted to claim something. Nobody wanted to be from Morgantown, mm. you know. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. I'm from here, I'm from there. You get a bunch of people claiming fake sets, or people from real sets is like don't don't talk to me. I don't mm-hmm. fuck with y'all, you know. And it was kind of weird seeing that dynamic. And as you get older in this town, or at least how the town has molded itself, it's a lot more cosmopolitan.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like I've met people that legitimately they're about that life, but you would never tell because mm-hmm. they're here to focus on themselves, study, work. All the wild boys out here, you know, there's still a lot of them. You know, either it's on some lone wolf stuff, no pun intended, or it's like just bullshit energy. Or Mm -hmm. they really bout it and they're just legitimately nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) life is weird. You'll hear me say that a lot. But, But I found this place to be so unique that we are this commercial, entertainment, industrial, scientific, psychological, ideological hub in the middle of... Bumfuck Egypt. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes no sense. We're we're like the next closest thing to Pittsburgh, and then 30 miles around us, you know, like the next thing you really got is like Maryland, Pennsylvania, Fairmont, Morgantown. After Mm -hmm. that, it low-key kind of goes into the country really rapidly. Like 10 miles outside of Morgantown is a fucking Mm -hmm. country. Yeah. You don't have to go far. You don't have to go far to get out there.
0: Even like, you know, you'd think like the capital, like Charleston, would be the big (laughs) hub for things, but... It really isn't. I've played shows down there. I get I mean, maybe from being around here, but you get a better draw in Morgantown as far as right. local music. Sure. Down in Charleston, it's like It's rough. You can't you can't pay people to come to your own show. It's right. you know, it's tough down there. And it's you would think that being the, the capital of the state and there's like a nice little area down there for bars and things like that, right. but as far as like local music, it's kinda
2: well, non existent. I um <clears throat> I run with Kwai. Mm-hmm. And we actually did a show down in Charleston. Um, I think it was the Empty Glass. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome spot. I love the energy there. Um, It wasn't an enormous turnout, but the thing about a lot of the spots in this state that I've observed, it might not be the biggest turnout, Mm -hmm. but the energy, the crowd Mm -hmm. participation. The mm -hmm. people are there. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that on this show. It's like.
1: You need to not concern yourself with the head count game. Right, yeah. You need to concern yourself with the percentages <clears throat> game. Right. What percentage of the room is engaged? And at the end are saying what's up, you know, come stop by the merch table whatever the case may be. I think that's the right outlook, man. Yeah. Like cuz you're right. Like there's a lot of things to compete with and quite frankly mu- live music is suffering all over the country. Mm-hmm. Like right. even in the bigger cities, there's just so much stuff to do and you can get so much shit at home right. as people are going out. Yeah. So yeah. it's like if you can get 20 people in the room and 15 of them are just locked in, mm-hmm. that's not a bad show.
2: Yeah. You just gotta you got
1: to look at it. You got to know that like these 15 people may be following me for the next like five years. That's mm-hmm. huge. That's a big win.
2: And see, with that said, you know, a couple of points I want to raise, like whenever I was first starting out with music, you know, of course you're self-conscious. You're like, am I good or am I good enough? Should I right. be doing this? You know, you're still scared. Of the so stage. hungry
1: for respect. Right. You yeah. know,
2: like you want the clout, but you don't know how to pursue it. Right. You know, and like once you get to that point where you're doing shows where people legitimately are engaging with you, you know, they're looking forward, they want to know what you're performing. You know, it's a different dynamic than when you first start and it's like, well, I'm kind of shaky. I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, you want everybody to be in the room. So it's like everybody can hear me. But the more that you grow, like intellectually from, you know, your experiences with performing, it's like, I don't give a shit if there's two people in here, Mm -hmm. as long as one of them is paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's the
0: thing is like, I've always said I'd rather play to five people who care than 200 people who just don't. Right. You know, and like I've played like smallest shows to nobody. Yeah. I've also played festivals to 2,000 people. And, you know, in a room of five people, compared to like ones that we've played with 1,000, 2,000 people, <clears throat> those five people cared more than all those other people. Right. You know? And unless you're famous, those 2,000 people aren't there to see you. You're just another you're right. just background music to them. They don't care. Um, but those five people that care to come out to your show, and will buy a shirt or pick up your music, they'll come to your next show, too. Right. And Mm -hmm. then they'll tell their friends and bring those people. Yeah. You know, so... And, yeah. I was going to segue into... I was playing with the Cottonmouth Kings down in Charleston. That's dope. But... I lost what I yeah. <laughs>
1: After Atlas played with the Cottonmouth Kings Yeah. <laughs> for real? <laughs> we Where? opened for Cottonmouth Kings down at Munchies. Oh <laughs> wow, Munchies. It was hilarious. In Beckley.
0: Yeah. I had a, something to say about like <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the with the fans down there because it was like we we've got some people down there that come out to watch us and they didn't show up to that show because it was Cottonmouth Kings. They didn't want to watch them.
1: Mm.
0: But it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But anyway.
1: That's so, a weird mix. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> We have a saying in our band, whether it's five or 500, mm-hmm. the job doesn't change. Yep, We go up there and we go and we fuck it up. And one of the worst shows that we've ever played was to like 400 people sitting in chairs. It was terrible.
0: That's the worst.
1: Look, It was terrible. <laughs> and it was a mixed genre show. Like we should have never been there, bro. We should have mm. never been there. But hey, you know, well, see, in the beginning, you're trying to get what right, you get. Right, It's like and wherever sometimes you can that put happens. me, <laughs> you know,
2: wherever you can put me, you mm-hmm. know, but from what I've observed, especially like sitting back and watching some of the homies, you know, like Lamar Riddick, A Christ, mm-hmm. Gandhi, Elias, Spikey, yeah. you know, I hang out with a lot of the old heads in the music, at least we old heads now, mm-hmm. you know, like when we first started, it was like, damn, damn, you know, but now that we've been around for a second, it's kind of weird because it's like, all right, we're, we're like. Recognized, but we're not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that weird limbo, right? You know, because it's still starving artist stage, mm-hmm. but you're a familiar face. Mm-hmm. You know, like the new artists coming in recognize you from you performing, right? But you also realize you got a lot of marketing to do, yeah, right? You know, right. like don't let it go to your head, right? But you got a lot of. You're shit a
1: hometown there. hero at best, right? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. right. You know, and so with that, we'll use that as a segue. Mm-hmm. You know. It's cool to be a hometown hero. That's where it, it starts. Right. It's, it's amazing, you know, because it's like, wow, you know. To
1: get, to get where you came up to respect you and mm-hmm. to hold you as like that champion of what you do. Yeah, it, it does feel good, but you can't be satisfied with that.
2: Right. You know, you can't let that be your highest goal, mm-hmm. but you also can't let that be your identity either. Because the second you start identifying as I'm the champion of the city or I'm the guy that everybody recognizes. It starts going to your head, and you lose right. your focus. And that'll right. be the
0: furthest that you go, typically. Right? Yeah.
2: Right, because it's like, yeah, the whole town fuck with me. It's like, well, if you're not thinking internationally, then you're not thinking mm-hmm. as an artist. Right. You know, there's metrics, there's economics, there's marketing. You, music there's can go anywhere like, now. Right. Yep. You know, like you got to think might, outside where you came up. Look, back in the days of Reverb Nation. Oh, Reverb Nation. Right. That's where our band started out. That's the best way to say it, too. (laughs) That's the best way to say it, too. too. No disrespect to Reverb Nation if one of y'all end up hearing this, but... Yeah. We were (laughs) on there. It's interesting. We were all on there. Reverb was interesting. But back in the days of Reverb, it wasn't Morgantown. It wasn't even this country that was listening to BMOs. It was like... Brazil, Germany, Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, the UK Damn. was big oh, for yeah. our band. Like, right. it's it's like, like, who
1: are these motherfuckers in England? Like, right. how did they find right. out about and this? People like
2: commenting. Like, I had like this, um, this Irish metal folk band that like adamantly followed me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that's dope. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, all right, all right. So you mean to tell me that Edinburgh is listening to my music more than the niggas is coming to my show and saying they fuck with my music? And that's when it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, so it's not people that show face; it's people that show support." Right. Mm-hmm. And now, with all the different platforms where you can put that stuff, right,
1: you can you can be, um, I don't know, very very aware of what those figures are, and you can see, like, oh, do you know the? We've never been to Illinois, but our shit is blowing up in Illinois. Right. We mm-hmm. should probably book a fucking show there. Right. Like you can use these metrics. To plant the flags in the hot spots to build your brand. Yeah. And it's it's a really useful tool, man. But it's weird where it is because you're like, man, I thought
2: right. this is
1: where you know we're from and this is where we tell people we're from, but ain't nobody fucking listening to mm-hmm. us here. Like Facts. they're fucking up there in Philly. Like so I that's just all the more reason to get the fuck out there. Yeah. Go play a show wherever it is. Just be like, Well, we've never been there, but
2: fuck it. Those are the best. Those are the best shows, anyway. It was just weird, you know. And another thing that reinforced that whole concept for me, like, you know, granted, there's still much more growth needed, mm-hmm. admittedly. Um, but for the work that's been put in, it's a decent amount of marketability, right. a decent amount of presence has been built. But my boy Arch Jacob and Elder Sarcastic One, you know, if you ask around, even Morgantown, where a lot of their work started. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of people really recognize the names, but meanwhile, they ended up getting placed in like a classic uh, hip hop radio station over in Paris, France. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like the place where you are means nothing. No, especially in this age of digital sales, digital marketing. Yep. All the independent radio stations, all the different
1: platforms. Right. Like you can get your music out there in so many avenues and get it out and, and into many as many as you can. Like that's yeah.
2: That's, that's like, what I, I still got to work on. <laughs> like
1: whoever ta- oh, we like it. We don't think this is dog shit. We'll take it. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Like, win. Like
0: being in Darling Waste, <clears throat> my old band. We were we had a record deal out of Brighton, England. Um but we were we went over there on tour <clears throat> for 30 days and we were in Scotland and we just had the radio on and one of our songs came on. That's weird. It's like <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck? But it, they wouldn't play it over here in the States. Not that song. They played other ones, but it was always on satellite radio. This was just your right. everyday radio over there. It was like, that's weird, you mm-hmm. know, like at how people, I mean, I, I honestly think that there's so much music in the States, so many different kinds that people take it for granted. But, I mean, it's the same way everywhere else, but I feel like certain, even certain pockets in America and other countries really appreciate just the art more than
1: Europe's Europe champions Europe really art better than anybody. Yeah. Yeah they're purists. Mm-hmm. But that also means that if they fuck with you, they fuck with you hard. Right. Yeah. They're gonna spend their money. Mm-hmm. They want the physical shit. They're gonna keep coming back for more as long as you you're cranking out something that they're vibing with. Yeah. Like, dude, it's crazy. Like how I mean, you look at all the big the biggest music festivals in the world, they're all in Europe. Mm-hmm. Like in the summertime festival circuit. Yep. Uh, that's every we, genre yeah. has the biggest shows in Europe. Mm-hmm. They just
2: love it over there, man. Can't get enough.
0: Yeah. It's just
1: not worth a to tour over there. It's just too expensive. I,
0: wonder,
2: I <laughs> so. wonder if that falls back more so on like the collective culture in Europe, you know, because it's still very, lot, focused lot on like of a lot more of a mixed bag.
1: Arts. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot more of a mixed bag. People are exposed to more, I think. True. A little bit more appreciative of, The more diverse things, perhaps?
2: Well, see, I I try to look at Europe as probably the, well, obviously, the much more progressed part of the world, in Mm -hmm. the world. Right. You know, because everybody else— so many cultures right right. on top Mm -hmm. of each other. Everybody else kind of got knocked back, and then there's America. You know, they ask, well, look at Europe. What the fuck is wrong with America? You know, and it's like, well, when you think about it, Europe was like a thousand plus years old before America was even an idea. Well established yeah. right, it's you know, an old like part of the world, right, so we're easily like a hundred years behind at our best, mm. you know, so a lot of the issues that happen in Europe, like early twentieth century, you know, with the conflicts of ideologies, that's what's going on now, mm-hmm. you know, we're just now reaching that point, mm-hmm. you know, and that's got a lot to do with being so far behind, we still in you know like that, that's why the world looks at us as rednecks collectively, right. You know, and don't don't think that that's a slur. I love my rednecks. Most of my best friends are rednecks. Right. But when you sit back and analyze everything, it's like, all right, all right, this make more sense. You know, and so everybody's got to take a chill pill. Like, mm-hmm. why, are we, why are we hating on each other and shit? Mm-hmm. Like, just focus.
1: To everyone's beliefs seem to lie in <clears throat> only extremes now. Right. Yeah. There's not enough right. moderate people with a sensible... It's like, you, if know, you don't follow this. Perspective, yeah. If you're not on our on our team, fuck you, man. Right. It's, it's like, like what well, well, what
2: about this team thing? It's like, you can't play both sides. It's like, yeah, that's that's what politics are. It's a spectrum, buddy. Right. I don't have to be Democrat. I don't have to be Republican. Yeah, I can right. think that's, of both in different lights. Yeah. This bipartisan thought. is right. poisonous. Mm-hmm. Well, the founding fathers didn't even want specifically two parties. Mm-hmm. That in there itself is unconstitutional. But right. who's going to change it? They're the ones that make the laws. Career politics big part of the problem.
0: I don't want to get off on my rant about this because you could go for hours. Just don't but join anyway. a team. Yeah.
1: Just don't <laughs> Do join it. a team. Yeah, don't I mean, join this, a team. This, don't think for your motherfucking self. Wear your own jersey. Think for your motherfucking
2: self. Yeah, stop being so sensitive. I, I want to see everybody <laughs> out here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see people with Steelers colors, Raven logos, and Philadelphia eagles on their fucking shoulders. I want to see it. You're sitting across from two
0: hardcore Dallas Cowboys fans oh. right now. Yeah. yeah. All,
1: yeah. Buddy. All right. All right. Hold Quiet on. Hold with up. that Philly right. garbage. Philly garbage. Oh, man. It's about up. to go down. Oh, hold It's going to be up. interesting.
2: Hold up. hold up. Hold up. I love it. I love it. All right. So in my family, in my family, there's three teams. Ooh. No, there's four teams. So, the bulk is Steelers. Then there's Ravens, Eagles, and Cowboys. Oh, wow. That's tough. Right. So that's growing tough. up, I was like. <laughs> so how many <laughs> family functions in the Allies? who threw? Who
1: threw at the family functions?
2: Surprisingly, none. Surprisingly, none. Thank God there wasn't any um <laughs> there wasn't any Patriot fans in the family. Because that's oh, super Bowl God. Before last, I was laughing my ass oh, off. Me, me and my uncle, because <clears throat> I don't watch football and basketball enough to say I'm a hardcore fan. Yeah, but there's teams I appreciate. Sure. And for me, it's the ones I grew up on, and mm-hmm. that's you know, Steelers, with your family Eagles, affiliate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I was watching the uh, <laughs> fucking Eagles Super Bowl with my uncle, and we're just busting out laughing. And this dude gets trucked, and I just looked around the room. I was like, "Hey, Patriots." The fuck was that shit?
1: Everybody just gets all salty. I think that was the Malcolm Jenkins on uh, Brandon Cooks hit. That shit straight up set the tone. That like this may not be your day. That was
2: fucking brutal.
1: (laughs) That's what it takes, man. In a game like that, a play like that will change the whole, Mm -hmm.
2: the whole vibe. A whole vibe. That was insane. But we'll we'll give. We'll give football and basketball a rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about them. No more yeah. bird no talk. More bird no talk. more <laughs> bird talk. I'll give you that. I'm not backing down. I'm being admissible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um going back to your art a little bit, yeah, I had a yeah. chance to check out some of your SoundCloud, man. Are you heavily influenced by like acid rap and things like that?
2: Well, see, my mother, like from the time I was a baby. Classic hip hop, Mm -hmm. Motown, blues, Mm -hmm. Um, most of my influences, it's kind of a blend. Like it's like Nas, Jay-Z, Biggie, Pac, but then there's also like, you know, a little bit of Logic, Kendrick Lamar, Vince Staples, Mm -hmm. uh, Earl Sweatshirt.
1: A little bit more of a heady, a heady approach, but it's also a little dirty. A little bit. I liked, I liked it, man. I appreciate it. I liked that. (laughs) Yeah, I really liked that.
2: Was there any, uh, was there any titles that stuck out for you?
1: It was like CS. It was the first song like on the SoundCloud. Oh, I was like, the man, chop dude. And screw joints, yeah, I was like, bitchy
2: bastard. I was
1: like, man. I was like, this this club's a ba- or this song is a banger. For I the did club. that myself. Yeah,
2: yeah. I Chop and screw by myself. Wow. Yeah, I'm still I'm still working on it because there's a lot that goes into. What program
1: it. do you use to uh, to record and uh, master all that shit?
2: It's one of the older virtual DJs. I'll take like a um, an unmastered or a semi-mastered track, mm-hmm. and I'll put it through. I'll do my little touches to it. It actually takes um, it actually takes a couple tries. So what I'll do is I'll do a foundation track mm-hmm. where it's just slowed down. Then I'll go. I'll put my chops in. Then I'll put like different effects in. I'll go back. It ends up being like eight different versions, and then like the ninth one is the one that's released. Gotcha. But it might slide into like fourteen or fifteen, and I might end up using the fourth <laughs> one because you know, you know what was it? It got um, to
1: a point. It's like I've tinkered too much. And right, we've gotten right. cute with it. Yeah. You know,
2: like I think it was Billie Jean that got mixed and mastered like ninety five times or some shit. Oh wow. Yeah. Just imagine sitting there having to hear that shit almost a hundred times. That's nightmare. Right. You know, but that's how it gets done. You know, they ended up using like the 50th one or some shit. So That's that's
1: really why I can't do the uh, post-production work. You know, I, God bless everyone who wants to work in the studio and bring the art to life because I don't have the patience. I can't sit there and see wave files in my nightmares. Cannot do it.
2: No, see. I can't do it. Whenever it came to Glitchy Bastard, that was more so just like a, a sample pack of different teasers and like snippets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, those are actually a lot of songs that are going to be released later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to see what the reactions would be and try my hand at chopping and screwing. Yeah, um, I actually took to calling it more of like bastardized to not offend the DJ Screw fans out there. Um, just because the way that I do it is completely or uh, um, unorthodox to how they do it traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like samples, flips, etc. I just go in. I do chops. I do cuts, different stuff like that. It's pretty simple, streamlined. Mm-hmm. Very cool, you know. So until I get it down pat like that, I'ma call it bastardized instead of chopped and screwed. Yeah. Because I'm not dealing with the like millions of people that are like, oh, that's slopped and screwed, not chopped and screwed. It's like I right, fuck y'all niggas. I'm still. Learning. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> All you motherfuckers <clears throat> talking shit. What song right. did you put out? Right. What song right. did you make? It's
2: like shit. Um, from January to February, I recorded nine projects. What the fuck were you doing?
1: Well, that's you know,
2: it. Like, that's, you I know, hate people that are cynics uh, like that. Yeah,
1: well, just the armchair quarterback, the keyboard critique. Right. You know, the guy who's got all the answers for everything. Right. But what the fuck mm-hmm. have you done?
2: Right. It's like, let me see your attempts at mixing. Let me see your production. Let right. me see yeah. your uh, visuals.
1: I'm an appreciator of film. Oh, well, it's like, okay, well, what movies have you mouth. written? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's great. I can appreciate a lot of things, too, but that doesn't give me the credibility to talk shit and be a negative bastard about it. Oh, man.
0: On the whole like post-production. So much
1: negativity on the internet. We wage war on that shit on this show. We do. We're waging war on that (laughs) shit. We're teaming up with everybody.
2: All right, so one of my close friends, I call him the acid knot because he's just always on another fucking dimension. But he, um, (laughs) my, my acid knot friend... He uh he stays on Reddit and Tumblr and shit. You know, he cracks me the fuck up. You know, he'll just show me stuff and he'll be explaining like the Dow and stuff. I'm like, all right, first of all, don't don't try to get me into the Dharmic stuff. I don't understand it fully. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna be able to quote you. Yeah. I can't even understand what you just said. He'll be like, no, just take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's like, bro. I'm mentally fucked up. I can't do this shit. Like, <laughs> it's like, you, you seeing fire ladies shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to see. <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, this one time I saw like a field full of bodies and they were all me. And then I like Oof. looked down fuck and it was my hat rotting. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with that you? That is bro? the worst like, trip was, ever. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I was like, yeah. like you are not selling this no, at all. Right. That's <laughs> what i was saying. I was like, this is not okay. He said, and that's when I accepted death. I was like, bro, I love you to death, but you're gonna have to chill and take it down like three octaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no
1: shit. More than three. You know, yeah, I'm like, talking about you that's seeing, a bit your, much. seeing your death and accepting the inevitability. Right. Yeah, right. that's great.
2: A field of yourself dead? What the fuck? I was mm. like, all right. So so I ended up trying like acid DMT and shit like that, shrooms. You know, we all do eventually. Sure. You know, we we all do something. Mm-hmm. But um I ended up doing that, and it broke my ass, yo. I had to sit down for like a week straight like, what the hell am I doing Mm -hmm. with my life? Dude, the shrooms
1: shrooms fucked me up one time. (laughs) I got this story about shrooms, and it kind of goes along. The cerebral assassin that it can become out of nowhere because you're like, oh, I'm going to drink this shroom tea with my buddies, and we're going to have this great time. Put it in a milkshake. Man, dude, that shit. Put it in a milkshake. Dude, this shit hit me in, like, 20, 25 minutes. And it was fucking – I felt the fear. Like, in the first, like, 5, 10 minutes, I was starting to feel the fear. Like, it was happening early. It wasn't a build. It was like a train hit me. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, man. Like, sometimes when you eat the magic mushroom, your introspection gets a little dark and you start just – It becomes confusing and frustrating because you're not in control of your own emotions. And you're just this victim of this experience at that point. And man, that shit will fuck with you. And you're right. You'll be looking back on it like, what the fuck am I doing with my
2: life? And what is this? All right. So to your shroom story, acid story. My first time, my first time doing it, it was some liquid shit. I had two hits. Plus like this big ass fucking squirt of that shit, like out of a fucking eyedropper, like just coat the tongue type shit. Plus I had sleeping pills, beer, cigarettes, weed. And
0: <laughs> I think I'm I, getting high over here. Just I didn't know what the fuck I shit. was <laughs> doing. You know, I was like, this
2: ain't going to be shit. I got this. Man, I got stuck in a time loop and an ego death. I was mad as shit. I, I got fixated on the damn TV with nothing playing on it. It was just a white screen. Yeah. I got stuck staring at that bitch for like three, four hours. <sighs> Tried to go to sleep. I ended up seeing the TV through my fucking eyelids. Yeah. So I get back up. Burned a hole in your brain. Right. I get back up and I'm st- I'm just stuck staring at the ceiling fan. And then I went to work. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at people like, yo, what the fuck you say? They're like, I haven't said anything. I was like, are right, little nigga? <laughs> the fuck you want on this food? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never tripped before, ever. Really, ever. Never,
0: I've ever. had some real good
1: psychedelic I've, experiences, but the <clears throat> shrooms send the sen, seem to send me in a just an uncontrollable mental state. I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, I, I never did.
0: I never. I, I took this. The, I, I did some stems just for tracers because I didn't. I'm just not. Like if I if I ever good did things one,
1: about some microdosing, I think I'd maybe be into that just to see if it could maybe help my creative. You know, if I maybe. was gonna kick it at the house and yeah. just kind of make something, spend a day seeing what'll happen. Maybe maybe a little microdosing,
0: but yeah. The only thing that like really That I would ever be interested in is DMT because I've watched you know like That's the spirit molecule. Shit, I've I've you know I know I people DMT have done once. it and it was crazy. I just think it, it's cool how it can, you know, maybe open up to a whole new, not even just being fucked up, but it, like a whole new dimension. I think it's kind of a cool... You
1: definitely one. go to a different place.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that'd be the only one that I'd really maybe ever try eventually, maybe. I mean, I'm 33. It'd probably kill me at this point because I'm so old, but... Um, wait till
2: you're 34. 33 is a dangerous number. There we go. <laughs> I, got a, I, got
0: a, I got a month and a half. We're good. <laughs>
2: After that. Wait, wait, a month and a
0: half. There we go. Yeah, with like <laughs> but, shrooms
1: and acid, like you're fucked up, but you're still like here ish right but on dmt oh yeah uh, you're just in a whole you're in a different stratosphere Mm -hmm. man yeah like i mean just just watching that because
0: they had that the spirit molecule documentary right Mm -hmm. and i watched it because i knew people that have done it i wanted to see what it was about and i was like these people like come back with a whole new like view on life it's kind of like
2: wasn't that the shit where they said that they had like 1,500 years of knowledge, but they were only knocked out for, like, 15 minutes or some shit. I was like, whoa. I don't know about that. (laughs) I micro-dosed it, but I'm not trying to get too crazy into DMT.
0: Yeah. Like, they did, like, medical studies, like, in the hospital where they give it to people and all this stuff, you know.
2: It's used to um, a lot of
1: CEOs and uh, big-time business people are micro-dosing DMT and things like that to innovate. It's, like, something that they're harnessing Mm -hmm. and utilizing as a resource which is i mean i
0: feel like simple. something like that could really
1: even just if just reevaluate if you don't, how you're doing yeah, things and get yeah, that different un- perspective
0: maybe unlock something in your mind that you know you, you know is there like you know as as creative people you know we all and I've, i know this about myself like there's sometimes where you you know there's something there that you you can create but you're just not quite there you can't quite grasp it something like that could be used to kind of break that barrier between your mind and what's behind that wall for you to create, you know, it, it, it could be a good way to do that. I'm yeah. not, I'm not condoning doing drugs, people out there. I'm just saying, you know, could right. right. potentially but we, be great. We are a family friendly <laughs> organization. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: We just like to fuck off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also a lot of hallucinogens have been used in medical studies to, um, treat PTSD. hmm that's also been a really big thing. Yeah. And it's had a lot of success because yep. people are able to, whatever the trip gives to them, it kind of allows them to face those things that are haunting them and allows them to kind of move past them the best way that they can. Mm-hmm. There's In their trips, they find uh, acceptance is kind mm-hmm. of like the See, common yeah. theme.
2: I feel, like, I feel like when it comes to anything that's on the drug list for the ATF, DEA, etc., it should be legalized and decriminalized now, with that said, it doesn't mean everything's open game, yeah you know that means it gets figured out like taxable, you know what's the actual regulated regulated yeah. for its production methods like all right, if you really want to do heroin, go for it, but at least know that this batch is mm-hmm. an actual yeah, it's thing not, it's not, all right. Yeah. right, like it's not like some shit yeah. that's like a thousand times what you're expecting mm. and then you're dead, right, you know, if you want to well, do they've... it, you can do it, and then you can go to addiction counseling or some shit or whatever mm. the fuck, mm. but you'll consciously know what's in it, you won't just be doing this guesswork mm. and ending up in a fucking ditch.
0: Yeah, they've tried that in other countries and it's actually worked to so where the amount of people who are addicted to XYZ, whatever drug it is, has actually drastically reduced because...
1: There's you something it, about availability that yeah. uh, the changes the consumer. Yeah, it changes well, it's, the it's consumer It's the same thing base.
0: with, like, before you're 21 – Going out and like being able to have somebody buy you a bottle of vodka or whatever you're drinking, right. you're like, oh, shoulder shit, tap, it's great. the old shoulder yep. tap. Yep, it's like it's, it's 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 taboo. It's great. It's like you, you you there's a potential of getting caught and getting in trouble mm-hmm. for it.
2: Right. Once adrenaline. you're 21,
0: you're just like, don't come to me and ask me to buy you alcohol because fuck you. You know, it's right. like right. You've that, already loses, gotten so old and
2: crusty. Yeah, <laughs> it, it loses.
0: It's like you know, it's. magic or whatever you want to call it.
2: I've noticed that's a real Mm. thing around here, too, because, like I said, growing up in like a party area... You start young. Right. You start, like... Some people I know started, like, 12, 13. I'm like, how the fuck did you get in? Like, 14, things started getting weird for me. You know, like, me personally, I started hanging out at parties and shit, college folks, when I was, Mm -hmm. like, 15, 16 years old. Yeah,
1: high school, going to Grant, going in
2: Sunnyside, hanging out, going to parties. Right, and by the time I got to that age where I could... Be the one throwing the party. I was just like, man, fuck this shit. I don't wanna deal with none of y'all. <laughs> yeah, I used I to do that drink, person. I'm gonna go to Ashbrook. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <clears throat> yeah, you, uh,
1: it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about it. It's important to mature and not to be that same wild, yeah. mad dog 2020 drinking
2: self right. that you Bad started dog. as. Nah, I can't do you that. You gotta shit get anymore. out of that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I can, look, I can only drink like bourbon, cognac, whiskey wine, and only like specific beers. I can't drink the like rice water bullshit unless it's a good one. Right. Like I want to try that Buddha beer you were talking about. I want to try that. So what's your uh, wildest party story? My wildest party story?
1: (sighs) (laughs) That's I know, it's deep.
2: Asking a townie his wildest party story. You're going deep. I don't know, like I don't really fuck with too many people, so I don't go to a whole ton of parties, but like I said, I show a Rednecks. Mm-hmm. So um, me personally, first person, um, it was my boy's 21st birthday. Of course, we're all handing him shine. We're handing him beer. We're handing him car bombs, all kinds of anything to be like, test your metal, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Seasoning time. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, we're going to throw a little bit of salt on them wounds for you, boy. But um, he gets drunk as fuck. He just walks through the fucking bonfire. It's just like five, six feet tall at this point. Walks through it, stands in it. Pretty sure he singed his beard. And he don't feel shit. Came out unscathed. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then he ends up passing out on the log, falls off the log, passes out behind it. And then we got to get ready to go home. So we're like, hey, man. No name said. But hey, man, get up. Get up. We got to go. Yeah, You know, like, we fucked around and forgot to get a DD. And so... (laughs) So now we're playing
1: Who is the Least Drunk? Yeah.
2: Right. And so... Everybody that was there had a car but me. And my boy, he's too far gone. Like, literally, it took three or four of us to lift him into his own back seat because he's just gone. We're like, hey, hey, man, like, make sure he's leaning so he don't, like, choke on his puke or some shit. If he pukes, Mm. it's going to go somewhere. So his drunk ass is knocked out in the back of his vehicle. I look around. I was like, does anybody feel like driving? Can anybody drive? They said, nah. I'm staying. I'm staying. I gotta go. I'm driving my vehicle. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so I hop in the fucking uh, front seat. I start driving. You know, this is when I realize I can drift when I'm drunk. So <laughs> we we pull out of there, and it's just cool. All chill, and also my boy takes off. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing, bro?" We're supposed to keep a convoy. right, right. like, take it Safety down in numbers. I called him. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's hitting bumps and shit. I'm like, all right, buddy. So I speed up. He goes around this turn quick as shit. I was like, all right, bet. I go around the turn. There's a goddamn semi parked in the next gravel driveway. So I had to drift around this motherfucker with my friend knocked out in the back. And I'm just... <laughs> Looking at the truck, looking at the road, looking at him. It's like, don't die, don't die, don't die. <laughs> Pulled it around on some, like, Midnight Club bullshit. It just, <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. Throwback reference. Swear like to God. That. So Midnight Club, look, I was dub edition in that shit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking drifted around this long-ass tractor trailer, gunned it up the road. We get back to uh, our other friend's house, and I'm just sitting here like, <gasps> <gasps> just like let it out and then we pull him out the vehicle and we just go pass out upstairs they said close call man yeah, right that's... i was like God damn, man you know at the time i didn't have no license i didn't have no real oh, knowledge of their vehicle jail, right man. i was <laughs> like i have at least a 2-0 blood level right now at minimum yeah <laughs> I don't know this vehicle. going to get the aggravated DUI. Oh, yeah. Right. I know he stays fucking Driving vehicle. Driving without a license. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know? So I was just like, son of a bitch. All right. All right. And I, I didn't know the road all like that. Right. So I was like, I got to stay close. He's doing like 80 and like a 40 or some shit. So I got to stay up on his ass. Right. You know, so it's like All right, you didn't I guess know where, we're where you were going. Tonight. Like right. you had to follow this motherfucker. Right. No names, no own. places. But you know how yeah. we go here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah So yeah, I was just yeah. like, all right, fuck, man. Bet. <laughs> let me let me get this fucking vehicle up this road. You saved the day, though. It. It. I did. You saved the day. I did.
1: <laughs> your boy owes you one. Do you ever pay that back? We have an exchange program. That's cool. <laughs> all my,
2: yeah, that's just how it works, man. That's how it works. The, the whole friend circle is just like I'm not. I'm not. I get you this time, money from you. next right. time. I'm not accepting money for well, you. It's like, you just did roofing paying for it, me. What Paying the fuck? it forward, yeah. Right. It's know. like just give me a case of beer, pack of cigarettes, maybe some, uh, maybe some Taco Bell. It's like that's not yeah. equivalent. Show up with the Taco 12 pack sometime. Yeah. Right? That's Wouldn't not equivalent you. to the labor. But it's cool. We still all get together, do like cookouts and shit like that. You know, Morgantown, uh, the buddies that you came
1: up with, they tend to be your buddies for life.
2: Oh, yeah. It's a it's a fraternity. Yeah, Morgantown, like as townies, we are our own fraternity. It's true. It's very true.
1: Very true. What about you, Dan? You got yourself a good uh,
2: party story. We left the same
1: dude out with a coyote. (laughs) Wait, wait, yeah. Before I go, he'd fuck a coyote. He'd fuck a coyote. (laughs) (laughs) Coyote one on one, man. Most people be able to hold their own. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna bite you. It's not gonna be fun, but you'll you'll survive. The
2: same group of friends we went camping and. Mind you, my black ass, my black ass, I'm up in, like, Terra Alta. Ooh, this boy. is my first time going to Terra Alta. We camping.
1: So you're out there, and you are high in elevation, so it's cold as a motherfucker. Up there.
2: Right. Well, it was summertime. I believe Colder it was summertime. Colder, though. It, un- right. it well, gets it was underratingly cold. You know, it, was, yeah. it was probably, like, 60 or 70 during the day. Tops. Yeah. But... I'm sitting here paranoid. I've got like an axe, a machete, a hammer, all kinds of stuff beside me. This shit turns into hills have eyes. Like, I'm ready. (laughs) They're just knocked out, sleeping like babies and angels and shit. I'm sitting here like, where's the machete? And I hear a fucking twig snap. I'm like, what the fuck was that? He says, my boy rolls over. He's like, man, that's probably just a fucking coyote. He goes sniffing the side of the tent, punches it. I was like, what? what the fuck is this shit? I was like, we out here punching coyotes now. You know? <laughs> Holy shit. And I was like, what the fuck was that shit? He said, none, go back to sleep. So I wake up the next morning. He said, Yeah. So after you went to sleep, it got real silent outside. Pretty sure it was a bear because there wasn't a single noise in the woods. I was just like, so so you you wanna go and wake me up and say that there was a bear outside the damn tent? He's like, nah, it's okay. It's no big deal. I was like, it's a fucking black bear. <laughs> It's like this shit, a small black bear, twice my size. Yeah. I'm a buck 60. This shit, (laughs) 300 without blinking. What you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not that big, man. It'd be fine. In my defense, I didn't really piece it together because this is before I got hip to like survival shit and, Mm -hmm. you know, how to actually camp, how to hide your food, how to clean up a camping spot. I'm like what I call ghetto gourmet when I cook. I can literally make anything out of anything. So, We stuck with a pack of ground venison, some potatoes that came off my boy's farm, and some cans of corn we grabbed from Walmart. I cooked that shit down. We had ourselves a proper meal. It was like fried potatoes with, you know, venison and all kinds of shit. And we ain't cleaned it up. We ain't cleaned out the skillet or nothing because we only had X amount of water. Yeah. You know, so we're like, fuck it. We'll clean up tomorrow. That's what brought the goddamn bear. Oh, yeah. I was just like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read that shit one day. I was like
1: yep it's the eats, clean it up. it's the eats that'll only bring the bears around mm-hmm. man yep cause most of the fuck. time they don't wanna fuck with you hell no like it's only that's something that they're smelling they can't resist are they gonna
2: come to the camp right the, the, I bet you the bear cup was like mom don't do it don't do it there's humans up there she was like fuck it this nigga you sage today <laughs> <laughs> smell that meat Like you smell that shit boy <laughs> <laughs> that ain't that ain't no Keep, camp cooking yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah, you got to be careful
1: uh, going out and getting fucked up in the wilderness, man. You got to keep your head on a well, swivel. See,
2: I'd stare a bear in the face, but a cougar, fuck all that shit. Well, you uh, never see yeah. that motherfucker coming, right? Yeah. Right. See, a bear you when can you see it, it's already bear. too late. Right. It's already too late. Right. A cougar is the only predator in North America that will actively hunt you, unless it's like a starved bear or like a bear in winter or some shit. Right. You know, because they're hungry. Right. They woke up too early. They pissed off. They just right. need to get that fat reserve up. But a right. cougar, a cougar will hunt your ass. Yeah. Like. Track you down for days in the brush. You got
1: any kids, and you're going backpacking. You better keep those motherfuckers Look, close, because you know, that's that's the one who's going down. And yep. small animals, because they're not going to uh,
2: they're not going to go after the big boys. They're no,
1: yo, oh, I want to go pee behind the tree, daddy.
2: No, that's, he's just Never waiting seen, for those yeah. opportunities. Well, see, well, all right. So aside from music, I also build AR-15s and shit. All right. So guaranteed. I'm going to have something on me if I'm going camping. I always do. You know, if I'm walking through the woods, at the very least a pistol or something. Right. Just because you never know. You never and know. And it's for the like humans getting, too, man. Right. Like being big and shit yeah. and doesn't <laughs> always work out for you. Look at the grizzly man. Right. You know, like being big doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes you might need that 10 millimeter on your hip. Right. Um, so if I'm bringing my kid out to the wilderness, mind you, I wouldn't if they're small. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like five seven five eight. My kid ain't going to be tall. So I already know they're going to be on the smaller side anyway. I'm not bringing them out until I can see they actually have, like, a logic base. Right. Instead of just, like, enjoying the woods. So many people
1: just naive as fuck take their, you know, they just, oh, we're going to go out in the wilderness. No. It's like, when's the last time you ever really been out there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got to be careful, man. Right. You got to be careful because I backpack a lot through this state. And... um yeah, you just can't fuck around. You just can't fuck around. I mean, it's just important. It's just the small shit, you know, cleaning up your fucking food, making sure you're making enough noise when you're out there hiking, because most right. shit will just run away from you.
2: Well, don't they say yeah. to have? Like, you got to make um, your presence known. They say like have a whistle around your neck, have like a bell or something on your backpack. Yeah,
1: just you know, try to keep it. Or just like
2: it. every like thirty steps, like clap or shout or something. I always carry walkie stick,
1: walkie stick, and I knock on shit. Yeah, just it works. Mm. And, you know, if you need a little bit of reach, God forbid, but you're right, I'm always packing and I got a machete yep. or a hatchet something, right. too. I don't fuck around.
2: Well, actually, I think it's... I, I think don't it's fuck cr- around. <laughs> if this
1: turns into a horror movie
2: scenario, I'm shooting a motherfucker in the face. Okay, so, just saying, mind you, I like weapons, mm-hmm. modern and medieval, but I think it's cold steel. They, mm-hmm. they make like a... I have um, a cold steel machete. <laughs> well, no, they make like a, a punch dagger. It's threaded on the inside and you can put like a broomstick in there and it's a short spear so if you oh, want to walk through the woods you nice. could potentially use a broomstick and if shit hits the fan just take it off your waist screw it on you have a spear yeah
1: that's just nice. enough for reach yeah that's it's, nice it's
2: like a four or five inch blade too so
1: that may be the difference mm-hmm. if god forbid some yeah. shit not a hog spear
2: but it's something
1: it's something it's something you, i just don't understand these people that just go out there with nothing it's no. anything it's just a sense of security for me mm. So I can enjoy myself when I'm right. out there, not well, even going through all the scenarios of what <clears> might happen.
0: Even like it was two or three years ago, we were at Canaan, like in the cabins at Canaan, and <clears throat> obviously, you know, you leap you put your trash out. Like there's a bear everywhere. Right, Jed um, didn't believe us that we saw there was a black bear outside, so he grabs a broom and goes outside, and it was sitting right there next to the door. And it's like. Hey, buddy. <laughs> you know, like obviously it's a state park. You can't kill an animal,
1: right? Right. But I mean, I'm not trying but, to. But if it, but comes I'm down sorry. To it, yeah, exactly. Law, but
0: yeah, if I've got a pistol and it jumps me, I mean, best believe I'm going to try my best. Like I don't care about you know mm-hmm. fines or whatever is going right. to happen. Um, but yeah, like even situations like that, you know, if you're out, like I mean, it's these and and especially in places like that where they're used
1: to people mm-hmm. right. so you don't, they see, don't give you, a shit. you walk right. outside
0: you you don't scare them off right they mm-hmm. just sit there and, and watch you like they're to, fascinated to
1: get, you, the yeah. bears that get comfortable with humans are they become fascinated yeah. by them well they're
2: basically and like big ass curious. raccoons like yeah. for example oh, yeah. like growing up um like ordinary animals man just my, very my curious. aunt and my mm-hmm. uncle they live on the other side of town and you'd never see bears over there and now it's just like oh Another black bear came off the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you have all these construction companies, they're like cutting up that area for more complex and stuff. So they're getting pushed into the mm-hmm. communities. Yeah. And Jersey is dealing with it really bad with black bears. Really? Because they yeah, they like train themselves. All right, word, there's garbage cans and shit. It's where the eats mm-hmm. are you know, Easy break into a house or two. Yeah, they do that shit. Yep. You know, like think think of a raccoon, it's a what, like ten times two, like maybe 10, 20 times heavier yeah at least 20, 20 I mean, times yeah. 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 you know like Some a small bear not even a big one yeah. right right you know and it, it's it's scary mm-hmm. you know it's scary because you realize that even like a 300 pound bear mm-hmm. has claws longer than you are wide
1: mm-hmm. and you're not going and if it wants you you're not gonna outrun it you're no. not gonna climb a tree like it's throwdown time yeah yep. like if it really comes down to it you're not escaping and you're not it, gonna outrun this yeah. fucking thing yeah, yeah it's gonna like, just be gonna like have to draw time. that. It's like the the gray like, with di- Liam Neeson. Yeah. You gotta tape that knife. Hey, that or that DiCaprio
0: look, movie where he live and die Revenant? on this day. What is it? The Revenant. The Revenant. Oh, yeah, shit. where he gets look, fucked thank
2: up. Thank God right. he finally got a fucking award, man. Yeah, I know, right? I've been a DiCaprio <laughs> fan my whole life. I was <laughs> Me like, too. I loved fucking. I tough. loved. He <laughs> should have got
1: one in Django. Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. Everybody was
2: scared of Django though, because they were like, "Is is Quentin Tarantino allowed to?" Used that word? It's yeah, like, do you think Tarantino gives a fuck? Like, Tarantino, oh, don't Tarantino give a doesn't fuck. give a shit. It's like it, you got a yeah. slave movie with Tupac mm-hmm. and Rick Ross music in it. You think this shit makes sense? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Dude, Tarantino didn't give a fuck. He fucking dropped an M bomb himself in Pulp Fiction in like 94 oh, yeah. when he was coming yep. up. So he established out the right. gate. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm going to make the movie I want to make and you, know, you can deal with it.
0: And being able to do but that I, loved, like, I with, loved
1: his performance in Django. Yeah. I thought that he was Yeah. for him to not even be considered when he was in that mm. movie was uh criminal.
2: It yeah. was I don't know, like With that said, I'm going to just bring up at least for myself and a decent chunk of my family, you know, like slave movies, they're cool to an extent because mm-hmm. You know, it's a reference. It's right. like, okay, this is what shit was like. But at the same point, when it's like entire summer, springs, whatever, where it's like Django, 12 Years a Slave, Amistad type they, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they like to crowd that shit. They yeah. don't really like... Just
1: like with the comic book movies or anything right. else when... When they have an idea that's hot, crank it out, crank it yeah. out, crank it, yeah. out, crank it yeah. out. Right. It's,
2: it's just, like, oh, word, it's spring. Let's fill it with slave movies. And once they get pissed off at that, mm-hmm. Marvel, you do your thing. And then Christmas movies and Thanksgiving movies that nobody actually watches, but they're doing it for the hype. Superhero you know? movies in the but summer. Madea, I yeah, used to I love don't. that franchise. I used to love <laughs> I can't like, stand Tyler so Perry anymore, It's so overdone now. now. Tyler so Perry yeah. drives me crazy. The, but it's for the fucking money. Yeah, exactly. There used to be like family values and lessons to take, and now it's just like, oh, we have another fucking menstrual on stage. <laughs> nice job, Hannibal. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted to see somebody in blackface, you know, I could just go to fucking. <laughs> Kaiser. No, I'm, I'm not throwing those <laughs> no city names out. No, no, I'm not fucking... throwing no city names you out. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. You get scared by a man in a dress, you know who you are. <laughs> Welcome to Morgantown, baby. I'll need your advice. <laughs> It's one of my
0: favorite places in Morgantown. Like, I don't it, care. I love
2: it there. It's not my element. You won't catch me there, but I have a lot of good friends to perform yeah. down there and DJ down there. So one of these days before I die, I'll come support. Yeah. But it's it's not my scene. Yeah.
0: I, I, I dig it. Plus, they always have like awesome specials like they one beer. Like, yeah. On, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. And right? their karaoke is, is
2: legendary. Like, go for great.
0: The bar. Their karaoke yeah. there
1: is legendary. If you think you're a bad motherfucker karaoke, and well,
0: yeah, good luck there.
1: Go, <laughs> yeah. go to Vice they'll and tell go you, see what they'll you're they'll made tell you made exactly of They'll throw you right out on your ass. Right. Yep. No, I don't so, I know that. I haven't if you been want there, to get humble,
2: It's <laughs> open invitation. They'll tell your ass quick. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> hostile environment. They're not feeling you. It's <laughs> going to be a long three and a half minutes. <laughs> yep. If yeah, that, if you make it through the song. Yeah, because they'll,
2: they'll pull you. Yep. Like, Amen. they're not going to let you go through the motion be like, yep. nah, suck. Yep. Give them the yank. Don't Ooh. be a baritone and try to sing Whitney Houston. That's what I'm gathering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, know who you are.
1: <laughs> know yeah. who you are before you roll up. <laughs>
2: Into the vice if you, if karaoke. You hiccup, if you hiccup off a of one shot of fireball, don't do karaoke. Don't do <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can only get so many fuck-ups. Mm. And don't get all diva Mariah Carey up there either, because they don't play that shit either. Oh, man. Turn up the music. Turn up the track. <laughs> Look. <laughs> you, try to, you try to tell them to start it over. The old start over.
2: All right. So in the proper setting, being a diva ain't so much being a diva. But well,
1: if you're there to do a job and people are paying to see right. you. You can do things and get away with things.
2: But if you're just there for like karaoke and it's like, oh my God, tearing this up. It's just like, nah, bro. Like, I'm here because I'm drunk. Get the fuck off the stage. Yeah, that you dude know, running
0: karaoke is not getting enough, getting paid
2: enough to deal with your shit. Well, yeah, see, yeah, I'm yeah. a fucking savage, man. Like, <laughs> if I see that there's some dumbass over there trying to show out for his girl, I'm probably going to talk to her ass while he's singing. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to throw <laughs> hands? That's cool, bro. <laughs> throw these hands. She still looked at me, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, You know, I don't even dress that nice for real. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, so, you know, you up here in some Louis shit, I'm wearing Wranglers and a stained white T-shirt. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: it's uh it's how you wear see.
2: it, not what it is, man. Yep. Exactly. It's how you wear it. <laughs> exactly. So uh <laughs>
1: you got any shows coming up?
2: Actually, this Tuesday, uh you're gonna be able to catch me more likely when not excuse me, more likely than not with uh Qui. Okay. Um mm-hmm. we calling it X Fest, my boy is Xavier Williams. ACP. Oh yeah, I
1: heard about that benefit show. Okay. Yeah,
2: he's he's doing he has so many damn bands. Basically, the whole roster is him on stage. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, he's multifaceted, man. He blows me away. Yeah. Blows me away. But I'll be there on the 7th. Mm-hmm. And then on the 16th, I'll actually have a set down at one, 2, three. Um, It'll be We Got Beats, You Got Bars. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's just going to be like a, like a quick 15-minute set, but we're going to do something special with it. Is uh, it like uh is it like a question.
1: freestyle thing? I'm not, what is the, the beats and bars?
2: Um, so initially we did have a freestyle segment mm-hmm. where, you know, the producers would come up and just play beats, you know, and whoever wanted to hop on could do it. But now like it's a, like, like, open mic, right now yeah. it's like dedicated best opener contest, beat battles, like producers will go head to head. Oh, okay. Um, we actually have, have a couple cool. reigning champs. Yeah. Um, it's also be, uh, showcase for that. And there's gonna be people coming in actually performing. So it's like three to four or five different events that typically go on at these. Yeah, that's awesome. And here and there, you'll even have like people in there making food and shit. Mm. And, you know, come down and have a black label. Everybody does. Yeah. They're only a buck. It's only a
0: buck. Exactly. You want a dollar
2: beer, come through. <laughs> that, was a, that was the
1: go to when I was in college. Used to be able to get a 24 pack at the den for $10. Mm hmm.
2: A black label. I've definitely drink my share of black labels. <sighs> yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what. Especially when you perform and you get those tickets in hand, it's like, all right, I could spend two of these on a domestic, <laughs> or, or I could go to Canada and get fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
1: going to Carling, gentlemen.
2: <laughs> right. See, with
0: those drink tickets, I always use them for like a nice craft beer to get me started. Yeah. A couple craft and beers. Then you and, and, then, then and, for, and then I pay for no, then no, I pay for the no. black labels after. I'm just like, fuck
2: it. No, see, I have a strategy. I have a strategy. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I'll fill up off of the tickets on Black Label, and then I'll go to my shots and stuff through the cash because I'm spending less cash if I'm already drunk off the Black Labels.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Because if you can drink six beers, which is usually yeah, about how many true. tickets they give you, yeah. is, um, I mean, you could drink them quick. That's, that's a nice start. Yeah. You throw a couple of shots on that, you're tip-top. That's magoo. true. Yep. Exactly. You're ready to go. Yeah.
2: That, you know, We all got our one friend that brings some.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So it's just
2: there's, right, right, there's always, right. always a friend always drinking before the show anyway, maybe yeah. it's a pen maybe it's something a little rolled Fucking up in 2 a.m staring at the black bear like why ain't y'all open <laughs> 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 why did you close so early it's only 3 a.m <laughs> well, now, now god
1: bless you got sheets right down the road uh, that's exactly. true man Look, that's show. a money trap that's a money uh, tra- i, I
2: always spend too much money at sheets when i'm drunk Dude, oh, how yeah.
1: about how about yep. When you get the bill for sheets, you're like, what the fuck happened? Right. Every time. Right. Man, How is it like, $19? I, ordered, I thought this fuck? said two for five, <laughs> yeah, and I, I threw it. a hot pretzel on it. How is this $13? <laughs> I got a
2: 40-ounce, a large fry, and a cheeseburger. Why is this $20? <laughs> yeah. It Because your
0: cheeseburger sense. has mozzarella sticks and mac and cheese bites right. and everything
2: else. Right. Like. They, they, hit you, me, they, they hit you with they the they add-ons. With that oh, yeah,
0: exactly. They said, we're going to put it beside
2: the liquor store. The bars, the venues, and the uh, fucking right there on the road where you just pull over.
0: Mm. Man, I've been in there after shows before, and it's like, I go to get food, and I'm like, I'm coming back to Clarksburg anyway, so I'll just stop at Jerry Dove. Because there's like 40 people in line. It's like, fuck that. Like 2 a.m. God bless those workers.
2: (laughs) Thankless job. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I used to work at Circle K. Fuck all that shit. Oh. Man. which sure I, one which one uh dorsey and university okay mm-hmm. fuck them <laughs> <laughs> got love for the people that work there but but as a company fuck circle k yeah fuck great lakes tell me how i got fired on my day off you for they what pulled a, i got fired on my day like off. friday they said hey yo there's you a meeting. stealing boxes they, <laughs> they said there's a meeting you didn't come to i was like it would have been great to know there was a meeting they said oh well you can come in and you can make it up catch up i was like, all right bet." When when can I come in and, you know, see what y'all was talking about? And they said, they said, oh, yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. So I keep blowing them up for a month straight, a month straight, because I got taken off the schedule. I couldn't work because I wasn't up to date. Hmm. And I was like, so, you know, I'm calling the district person. I'm calling my manager. I'm calling the store. I'm hitting up people through Messenger, you know. I did everything but send an email. And I was like <laughs> – you know right. that they wouldn't have checked. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. So I was like, all right, bet. So I went to Teletech. Tell me why my, after my first month at Teletech, they called me back. Did you still want to work? No, bitch. <laughs> You're
0: you probably making double. Tel- I worked at Teletech for a That's actually where I met uh, L. Sarcastic, because he used to yep. be a man, or, uh, a teammate yep. up there. Yeah, That's where I met him. So.
2: That, that's actually where I met Elliot. Yep. It was actually.
0: <laughs> Answer your email. Jesus fucking Christ.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Swear <to> Everybody God. <laughs> knows you, Elliot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yep. So. Look, sarcastic, you're my executive producer, you're my best friend, you're one of my engineers, you're my fucking graphic designer. I need you to come on to Wasted Local Talent. There you go. Yeah. Hashtag real shit. I mean, just even just Appreciate message me. That. Like, private message me. Like, you don't have right. to answer the
0: email. He already applied. Just message me, I'll book you. Is this man. like the oh, yeah. fourth or fifth
2: name drop <laughs> yeah, no, right. since we started? <laughs> yeah. He need to get his ass on here.
0: Yeah. And if I don't get an email... Within a week of this episode coming out, I know that you don't listen, so just mm. keep that in mind. Ooh.
1: <coughs> <laughs> little extra shade
0: a little Little extra tomato. On on
1: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> scathing. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap it up, you got anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, let everyone know where they can find you.
2: All right, and so. what to be on
1: the lookout for.
2: Right now, you can find me on YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, here within the next month or two, you'll find me on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, next projects that I'm working on, I have Declassified, I have Kill Amnesty, I have Sarcastic Bastard, and I have um, mm, I'm Not Your. And so, pretty much all of these are just going to be different explorations of my conscience, the mm-hmm. way things have affected me, as well as my perception. On reality, declassified is more so reflections on, you know, older circumstances. Hence the name. Mm. Um, stuff I typically wouldn't have spoke about in regards to like love, hate, you know, etc., etc. Um, it's pretty much just gonna be like a four or five track EP for declassified. Very cool. Um, I also have picking um, which that's gonna be from start to finish, like the first colonist all the way up to the modern drug dealer. And I believe it's five or six tracks, if I remember correct. Mm. I'm going to be releasing in collaboration with or through Jordan Clan, uh, my imprint, po Boy Entertainment, as well as um, Sarcastic Bastard, mm. um, which is not just the name of the product. Uh, well, yeah, fuck it, product. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just the name of the product, but it's also going to be more or less what me and Elliot kind of identify through. So anything Every with email, <laughs> anything <laughs> with Bastard Wolf and the <laughs> Sarcastic One. No be sarcastic bastard okay nice i like so doing a lot of connections a lot of networking a lot of Mm -hmm. legwork behind the scenes type stuff i haven't really been active too much this year which is why i dropped glitchy bastard in january Mm -hmm. um was more so as like a occupational by the way i'm still working right as compared to an actual Mm -hmm. full-fledged product Mm -hmm. um but yeah i also i also brought business cards for y'all Nice Stay in touch Y'all have my links and shit Cool That'd be awesome man that will be
0: great for me For promotional stuff Fuck yeah I've got it right there I don't have to like Blow you up (laughs) So
1: And be sure to come out To 123 Real soon Catch out our guy He's gonna be doing things 7th
2: Uh, and the 16th Yeah I think
0: this will be out A little bit after that though Which sucks Uh, Fuck you That's what I
1: I, I'm sorry I've I've got (laughs) a this. I've got to line up Well shout out to everyone Who went though Shout out to everybody That's gonna be there Yeah shout out We love y'all Thank y'all Appreciate you, man. Thanks for stopping in. Yeah, thanks for coming
0: in, man.